0: Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator.
1: You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Love God, love people, love life. Sides were taken over. Confession of faith together. Because I am unconditionally loved by God and that harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, remain standing. I want you to go to this scripture, 1 John. This isn't the Gospel of John, this is towards the back of your Bible, close to Revelation. It is 1 John. Somebody say, 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 8 We've been looking at another scripture uh, in chapter 4 That we're going to hit on real quick today But 1 John chapter 3, verse number 8 We're in our series, Superheroes I preach in series at Harvest So that we can focus on one particular subject matter For an extended period of time So that way we get it I don't just want you to go through the ritual of church I want you to have results from coming to church Say not ritual, say results Say not ritual, results 1 John 3.8, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Here's the part I want you to see of the verse. For this purpose, say this purpose, the "the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. I'm going to say it again. For this purpose, say for this purpose. purpose. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, 1 John 4.17, flip over there real quick, 1 John 4.17 for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. In other words, God in a body. Jesus, who is simply God in the flesh. That's what the term Son of God means. It's just God in a body. 1 John 4, 17, watch what this verse says. It says, look at the, uh, the latter part of it. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Which means if he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil, what do you think we're manifested to do? I said, what do you think we're manifested to do? I said, what do you think you've been born to do? Why do you think you have breath in your body? Father, speak to us now, customize, tailor-make this word for us, your people, that we will move and walk in the great things you have ordained. For this reason, all we sent, and we thank you, Father, that we've been manifested to destroy the works of the devil. So today, Father, I pray that you would shift our paradigm, shift our mentality about how we view enemies, because the reality is enemies are necessary for this purpose. In other words, it was because of an enemy that Jesus had to evolve. It was because of an enemy that Jesus had to be born, and it is because of an enemy that that we have been manifested today to destroy the works of the enemy. It is in Jesus' name we're going to move forward and what you've ordained in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five, two or three people and say the necessity of an enemy. The necessity, the necessity of an enemy. Uh, in this series, Superheroes, we're unlocking our divinity because First John four seventeen says, as he is, come on, as he is, in this world. And when we understand how he is and what he does, we see what we must be and what we must do. Now, it's reported that 90% of people that become Christians fall away in two years or less. And that's because far too many know the story of Calvary but don't live in victory. Because after Easter, they go right back to the same old way of life. Now, realize that we're not only saved from something, we're saved for something because salvation isn't the end. It's the beginning of a new life. Christianity isn't behavior modification, baby. It's new identification. Hence our series name, Superheroes. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, you don't know who you sit next to. Now, in pop culture, every superhero was fueled and focused. Say fueled Whoa. and focused on destroying the works of their enemy. Batman was fueled and focused on destroying the works of the Joker, of the Penguin, of Mr. Freeze, of Catwoman. Spider-Man was manifested to destroy the works of the Octopus Man. Doctor, yeah, him. Doctor who? Doc Ock. And then the the other dude that had the suit that was sitting in the building. Him. Him. Superman was manifest to the sort of works of? Some of y'all like, Bishop, just stick with Batman. I don't know the rest of these guys. (laughs) I need you to catch the point. Uh, Iron Man, all the rest of these people, Wolverine, whoever that is up there. The Hulk. I'm going to go back to Batman. (laughs) They were all manifest to destroy the works of their enemy. And 1 John 3 8 shows us the same thing fueled and focused Jesus. Check this out, church. It's not that Satan was God's enemy because God has no enemies because our God has no equals. Instead, notice it says to destroy the works of the devil. And works in the Greek language of our New Testament means his tasks, his deeds, or his actions. And then it says of the devil. Now, it's interesting because the word devil here isn't the word hasetan, which means the Satan, which is the uh, Hebrew reference for Satan. It actually is the word diablo in Greek, which means the slanderer and the false accuser. So check it out. It says Jesus was manifested to destroy uh, the tasks, deeds, and actions of the slanderer and of the false accuser. Listen, what are you trying to say? The enemy's works are to slander you which means to maliciously gossip about you and his works are to falsely accuse you which means watch this, his job is to make you think because you've had some failures that that's all you're going to do in life. His job is to make you think that you're never going to come out of the mess that you're in. His job is to make you feel like you're at the bottom when you've really been made the top. His job is to slander you and to falsely accuse you but you were born to destroy his works. I tell you to shake your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off so that's what I was born for that. he's a slanderer and a false accuser see destroying the works of the devil is what Jesus was manifested for so that's what we're manifested for because as he is so are we in the world you know Satan's works uh, watch this his works uh, he's already been defeated by Jesus but his works are still at motion in the earth I need you to get that Satan was defeated by Jesus say Jesus, Jesus. defeated Satan Now, now on Calvary, that's what that was all about. He needed to defeat Satan. What do you mean he needed to defeat Satan? In Genesis, Adam gives up his right to be a a son. He gives up authority to the enemy. Jesus, God in the flesh, comes to restore us back to that authority. So now we're not just servants, but we have the right to be sons of God, which means we are in the image and the likeness of God. And so now Jesus comes to destroy his works. The problem is he had already set it into motion. So while he was defeated, what he set into motion is still in motion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all, y'all remember the game telephone, remember telephone, remember telephone. So, so the message would start with one person, and then over time the message would start making its way around. Now here's the issue. Uh, uh, at some point, somebody decided to change the message, or they just couldn't hear very well. And so by the time the message got around to the last person, you know, it may have started out, you know, I love, you know, a uh, 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 pecan pie. By the end of it, it's like, you know, uh, Johnny and Susan are, are uh, you know, getting married next week. Okay, I thought we were talking about pecan pie, but watch this. Uh, what was set into motion, follow the principle, what was set into motion, although it ended with, or it began with one person speaking it, it's now been set into motion, so now it keeps going until somebody stops it. That somebody is you. You were born to destroy the works of the enemy. Touch your neighbor say, that's who you are. Now Revelation 12:10 now Satan's defeated but his works are still in motion Revelation 1210 says this then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down check it out so in his, his, the enemy's job is to accuse you and to slander you to who to yourself. Have you ever noticed how sometimes you don't need anybody else's negative voices because you have your own? Y'all not saying nothing. Have you ever noticed how you didn't need somebody else to talk you out of it? You would talk yourself out of it. That's because, watch this, while he's defeated, his actions are still at work. But today, I said, but today, say I am the interruption to the dysfunction. Now, 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 check this out, check this out, check this out. So here it is, here it is, here it is. Let me get to the first point. Here it is, here it is, first point. Uh, Enemies are necessary for fuel. He says, for this reason, he was manifested to destroy the works, the tasks, the deeds of the devil. So then the enemy is his works, not him. I need you to check the principle. Because he's been defeated. So stop talking about I'm just beating the devil. Jesus did that. You don't have to do that. What you're contending with are his children, which are his works. Are you getting this, church? Now, say enemies are necessary. Talk to me, 915. Say enemies are necessary for fuel. Now, by simple definition, an enemy is anything that opposes your forward progress. I'm going to ask you a question. What's a hero without a villain? Now, just think about it. Why do we need Batman unless there's a joker? Why do we need Batman if there's no Mr. Freeze? Okay, why do we need you if there's nothing for you to destroy? You don't understand. You've been sent to the earth to be a problem solver. You've been sent to the earth to be something that interrupts a cycle of works that have been sent him to the earth. What's a hero without a villain? What's success without failure? See, watch this, church. Enemies are necessary for fuel. Say they're necessary for fuel. Now, let me tell you why some of you are so tired. You're so tired because you don't have an enemy. And what you think is your enemy isn't your enemy, it's your fuel. This is what you're trying to say. Say, enemies are necessary for fuel. All right, that's why Numbers 14.9 says, only do not rebel against the Lord. Now, let me give you some context here real quickly from Numbers. Now, they were getting ready to go up and take the promised land, uh, which for you and I isn't a piece of land, it's a lifestyle. Uh, it is the promised life. That's a life of Shalom where? Nothing's missing. Say that's shalom. Say that's the promised life. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have obstacles. It just means the obstacles are really opportunities for you. Doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges. The challenges are just a chance for you to be able to be victorious, all right? But now, notice what it says. Only do not rebel against the Lord. So there were some that said, let's go and take him. Got it? There were two, Joshua and Caleb. But then there were ten spies that it went out, and they were like, we can't do this. Watch this. Because the accuser slandered them and gossiped to them about themselves, so they started believing the gossip and slander that the enemy gave to them. Now, realizing that their enemy, watch this, was with what they thought about themselves. Y'all not talking to me. Remember, we are manifest to destroy the works of the devil because Jesus already defeated the devil, but we're still contending with his works. So if you were to read this in in context, you discover that they said uh, we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. Well, where did they get that from? The slanderer. The accuser said, you're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You're a grasshopper. Where did they get that ideology from? Where did they get that self-image from? They got it from the works of the enemy. Where did you get the idea that life's never going to get better from you? The enemy. Where, where did you get the ideology that you were never going to be able to find a godly spouse? The enemy. Where did you? Y'all not saying nothing. All right. So, so this is where that, Numbers 14, 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord. So, 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 so Joshua and Caleb are like, listen, y'all, y'all got to stop this. They're saying you not moving forward to take the promised land, which for you and I is the promised Life. He says, What you're doing is you're rebelling against the Lord. That means you're disorder, you're in disorder, you're out of order, nor fear the people of the land. Watch this, read it. Yeah, For they are what? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, come on. Yeah. 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 Somebody say, this is what you doing? I'm eating. What am I eating? My enemies. Y'all not standing in the mood. <laughs> touch your neighbor, so you better eat your enemy. You know why you're so tired? You ain't eating. Somebody give me some orange juice to go with this. Water and a muffin is gross. Wait no my orange to come. Put the verse up. I want you to read it with me. Come on, verse. Come on, verse. Let's read it, church. Now I can let my bread go down. Thank you. I'm good. I'm going to have breakfast. You know why you're so stressed out? You ain't eating. You know why you fight with your wife and your husband about their little thing? You ain't eating. You know why you're so irritable? You ain't eating. Y'all not saying nothing to me. You want to know why you're so moody? That ain't your special time of the month. You're moody because you ain't eating. But I think there's somebody at this 915 that says, I just found out what I'm supposed to. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm going to eat good today. It says they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us. Say the Lord is with me. You better hear this announcement today. Every enemy, the worst mistake they ever made was coming against you. Because as of today, the Lord says he removes his protection from them and he is with you. Somebody holler, my enemy's my fuel. See, see where are you getting that from? See, that word, that, word, that word bread there in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament, it means food. It means fruit. Which means God says, listen, you, you, can, you can have you a nice spread, food, Fruit, then watch this meat. So, watch this. I get bread. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I get fruit, and I watch this. I get meat. That sounds like a full meal to me. Watch this for everybody that's been complaining about what's been opposing your forward progress. You better stop that right now, and you better just get at the table and just. And people say, why aren't you stressed out? Let me tell you why. Tell them, say, let me tell you why. why. Say, that's what I eat. eat. Watch this. Enemies are necessary for fuel. See, food fuels you. So an enemy is your fuel. Watch this. No enemy, no fuel. No fuel, no movement. You can have the nicest car there is to have. Run out of gas, though. You're going to be sitting there with a nice car. And here's the thing. if You you ever seen somebody in a nice car that ran out of gas? What's the first thing you thinking? They sitting up here posing like they got all this money for this car and they couldn't even put gas in it. That's what you've been looking like until today. You have not had fuel, so you've been sitting on the side of the road. But I came to announce to somebody what you've been facing. That is your fuel. Somebody holler, it is my fuel. Second point. Enemies are necessary for focus. Enemies are necessary for focus. Psalm 23, 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, okay? So we already learned enemies are necessary for fuel. Fuel gives me the ability to have movement. If you're really honest, in the, the major changes you've made in your life came on the heels of an enemy. Because the enemy fueled you. Some of y'all, the only reason you started losing weight is because an ex got somebody. Y'all not saying nothing to me. And then all of a sudden you're like... And They ain't even looking no more, but you looking at yourself because your enemy became your fuel. Some of you, the only reason you're meeting your numbers now is because your company hired somebody new. And they came in there outperforming you and you like, oh no, oh no. I took 438,000 calls today by myself. Some of your greatest progress comes because of an enemies say enemies yeah. are necessary yeah. but enemies are also necessary second point for focus Psalm 23 5 you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you are not my head with oil my cup runs over look at this enemies there in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament is the word soar for my note takers t-s-a-r-a-r it means to be in affliction to besiege to bind up, to put in distress, to be in a tight place. Say, 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 an enemy is necessary for focus. See, it means to be in affliction. That, that, that means, you ever, you ever had somebody flick, flick you like this? Isn't that the most annoying thing ever? I want you to get that image when you think of affliction. You thought you was getting out of debt. No, you're not. You thought they were the one. No, they're not. You thought this was going to go for you. No, it's not. Problem over here. Problem over there. Problem over here. Problem over there. Say affliction. After so many flicks, you ever have somebody was doing that and you were like, okay, stop. I'm I'm going to help your neighbor. This is where your neighbor meant. Okay, stop. Okay, stop. I'm serious. Don't do that no more. What you going to do? And all of a sudden, you go from just being passive to full-blown aggressive. God says, how many more do you need before you finally say, "All right, I didn't had enough of this. Today is the day that ends. Yeah. Affliction. Watch this. Affliction. Watch this. I'm almost done. Affliction to besiege. That means to run up on. Here, y'all, two, you 2 come here. Now, now, I want you to run up on my man. But no, you got to run up on him now. Y'all too obvious. You got to run up on him. Okay, you got to run up on. So he's just minding his business. He minding his business. He his business. Okay, and then and then and then all of a sudden they just they run up on him. Okay, let's do it one more again. Let's do it one more again. Let's do it one more again so that everybody can see. Touch your neighbor and say, besiege. You're having a great day. Things are going well for you. You're like, ooh, this has been a banner day. This has been a banner week. This has been an incredible time. Then all of a sudden, you get besieged. You get a text. You get a phone call. Somebody messes with you. Something starts. You get a bill in the mail. You were good, but now all of a sudden, you've been besieged. Thank you, gentlemen. Then it means to bind up bind up. Here's, here's the chain. Bound up. Locked up. Tied up. Tangled up. Can't do nothing because you think, well, I don't have the money to do something. Won't make a change you know you need to make because you say, well, I can't afford to make that change. You won't have a conversation you know you need to have because you'll say, I just can't do it. I can't get the words to come out. Quiet, church. Be in affliction, besiege, bind. To be in distress or be in a tight place. Check this out, church. Say, Enemies are necessary for focus. With superheroes in pop culture, when they were in affliction, besieged, bound up, in distress, or a tight place, that's when they came alive. That's when they got creative. That's when they became innovative. So in other words, your enemy is necessary to focus you. When Jesus had an enemy called death, hell, and the grave, that's when he focused, and he did some of his best work on the cross. In essence, essence, you need to check it out. Without an enemy, you are not focused. You have no fuel, so you have no movement, and you have no focus, so you have no productivity. A laser is only powerful when it's focused on something. Other than that, it's nothing but a light. Are you getting this, church? So enemies are necessary for fuel and focus. They go together like hand and glove for you to destroy the works of the enemy. But check it out. They both come from your enemies. You missed it. Say fuel and focus they go together like hand and glove for you to destroy the works of the enemy but check it out church they both come from your enemies which means what I need to defeat them comes from them what I need to up- defeat anything that's opposing my forward progress actually comes from the thing that's opposing my forward progress you missed it. Which means if I keep rebuking my enemies, I'm rebuking my fuel and I'm rebuking my focus. Yo, I'm not saying nothing. Which means you gotta stop running from enemies, stop running from battles, stop running from challenges. That's why you have no fuel, and that's why you have no focus. But today. Let me show you this example. I'm I'm uh, those are the two points. I can stop right there, but can I show you? Can I show you in the text? Watch this those are the two points but I want you to see this in action in 1st Samuel chapter 1 there's a there's a woman her name is Hannah say Hannah now, in First Samuel chapter 1, there's this woman named Hannah. Verse 1 says, now there was a certain man. Then it tells you a bunch of stuff about him we don't need to know, so let's get to verse 2. And he had two wives. The one was Hannah. The other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Verse 3, this man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts. That means the Lord that fights for him in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. So Eli is the man of God. He's got two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and this man Elkanah is coming up to him every year uh, because he's worshiping and he's sacrificing giving his offerings etc now we're in verse number four and whenever the time came for elkanah to make an offering he would give portions to penina his wife and to all her sons and daughters but to hannah he would give a double portion for he loved hannah check it out penina had children and she got a regular offering but the one that could not have children he gave her a double portion because he liked her but he loved her are you still with me church all right, now watch this, watch this. For he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. Now, this is interesting. This is interesting. This is interesting because, because it didn't say the devil did it. It, 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 didn't say, it didn't say she did something to where that was the consequence for it. It says that the Lord, and notice Lord here is in all caps, which whenever in your Bible you see Lord in all caps, that's not some delegate angel God sent. That is God himself. L-O-R-D is Y-H-W-H in the scriptures. It means Yad-Heh-Wave, which is God's actual name. God is not God's name. God comes from a sixth century Germanic term. The word gudan which means source. God's name is Yad-Heh-Wave, or Yahweh in Hebrew, Jehovah in English. So that means God himself did it. And notice he closed it which meant at one point it was open. But then he decided to shut it down. I, I came to preach to some people to where if you look at certain areas of your life, at one point it looked like it was going to be great and then all of a sudden it got clink, clink, shut down. Where, where are the people, you didn't have some areas of your life where it looks like stuff got shut down? That few of us? Watch this, watch this. Verse 6, verse 6, here it is. Remember, enemies are necessary for what two things? Fuel and focus. And her rival. Now they're supposed to be on the same team. They got the same husband. You ever notice how folks are supposed to be on your team? Isn't it funny how some relationships start out as teams and then they turn into rivalries? Ain't it funny how certain family relationships start out as teams and they turn into rivals? Certain relatives start out as teams, they turn around. They're supposed to be on the same team. They both trying to make Elkana happy in his trip. But look at verse 6. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable. Why? Because of God. She didn't pray for her womb to be closed. She didn't ask for her womb to be closed, but the text says that her rival, Penina, provoked her how? Severely. I came to talk to the severely provoked folk today. I came to preach to severely provoked folk today. It, it, it's like, my God, every single time I turn around, I am being provoked. Verse, it says, and her rival, like the screen not coming up, provokes me. And her rival also provoked her how? Severely. To make her what? Miserable. Leave it up. Notice the goal of her rival, which means enemy, was to make her miserable so she'd have no movement. But none of this was her fault because the Lord had closed her womb. Okay, if y'all will stay with me, we'll work this text like a part-time job. Here's the trip about it. Watch this, church. Look at me. Hannah's name means God has favored me. Yet she's constantly provoked by Penina, her rival, her enemy, because children were the crowning glory of Jewish women. So she was constantly reminded about what she lacked. But you cannot miss the fact that it was the Lord that closed her womb. So we got to ask ourselves the question, why would he do this? Why did he allow this to happen? And what's interesting about it is he didn't just allow it. The scripture says he made it happen. It wasn't like, you know, it was a bad, bad situation, bad operation. It turned bad or something like that. No, the Bible says God himself said shut that up. Knowing that it was her crowning glory to have children and telling her, no, you can't have what you want. I want to say something to your neighbor. This is between me and your neighbor. So please get out of our conversation. Maybe your circumstances won't change because they're designed by God to change you. Okay, I I can't get nobody to say nothing to me. This is between me and your neighbor. Please get out of our conversation. Maybe what you've been praying to change will not change because God says it's designed to change you. And until it changes you, I'm not changing it. But I think there's some people in here that say, Lord, I've learned my lessons. I got to finish. I got to finish. I got to finish. Verse 7. Verse 7. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord. That she provoked her. Check it out. When she went to church, her enemy provoked her. Now, when, good morning, shalom, how are you? <laughs> year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept. Say so she cried. Say so she cried all night long. And she did not eat. Check it out. So it was, look at the first part of it. How long? Year by year. doesn't tell us how long. It just tells us that Hannah took too long to get it. Any cycle that keeps repeating means that you don't get it. So it was year by year. How long? We don't know. It just took a long time to get it. Didn't you learn that last year? Didn't you learn that 15? Didn't you learn that 14? Didn't you get that 13? Didn't you realize being half put together and half serving God and half come? Didn't you learn that in 2012? Didn't you learn, oh, church used to say 99 and a half won't do. Didn't you learn that in 11? Got super quiet there. This went on for years. Say years. years. Until Hannah finally was fueled and focused by Penina, Bishop. What do you mean she was finally fueled and focused by Penina? No, 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 notice this. Notice this. She provoked her. Therefore, she wept and she did not eat. Now, take this out. Look at me, church. Look at me. Look at me. Say Penina. Penina ends up provoking Hannah. She pushes her to a brink, uh, uh, to the brink of a weeping. Not to the brink of it. She pushes her all the way in it. But notice what she stopped doing. She stopped eating. Now. We can read that one way and say she, she, she got a little, you know stopped eating. You 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 know, you know, we could say, you know, she stepped off into a little anorexia. Yeah, you know, we, we could we could ascertain that and get into deductive life. She just got so stressed out, people said, What you want to eat? I'm not eating. And then other folk, what you wanna eat everything. I want a muffin, I want some chocolate donuts, I want some bacon. Put it together. Let's make a bacon chocolate donut sandwich. I'm stressed out. Where the real people at? When you get stressed out, you either don't eat nothing or you eat everything there is to be. Where the real people at? I mean, you put stuff together that doesn't even go together. I like a glass of lemonade to go with my, you know, pecan pie. That does not even go together. It's too much sugar. It's just too sweet but when you're provoked severely you'll start putting stuff together that doesn't belong together watch but notice but, but, but because you and I understand we're erudite we understand we understand the principle when it says she did not eat Penina provoked Hannah to fast you, you missed it she wouldn't fast unless the church called one until she got an enemy that forced her to. Okay. Uh, Stay with me, church. Look at verse 8. I got to wrap this up because I'm out of time. Verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why are you crying, girl? Why do you not eat and why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? In other words, she said, look, you got me. Now, I dare you sit up here crying and you got me. I'm Elkanah. You don't know now? Everybody wanted an Elkanah. Right, right, right. And Hannah's like, look. Verse 9. She got up after they finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Notice she doesn't even respond to what Elkanah says. Because he didn't get why she was so provoked when she should have been happy with what she had. Come here, church. If you're honest, if you really look at what's provoking you right now, other folk would look at your problems and say, I want to have your problems. And you're thinking to yourself, you don't get it. You don't get why this is provoking me. You don't get why this is bothering me. And Elkanah couldn't understand it because he wasn't a Jewish woman. He had his glory. She didn't. Are you here, church? I'm almost done. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 9. So Hannah rose after they finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat of the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts. That means that phrase. Lord of hosts means the Lord that fights for you. If you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me. Now check it out. He did it to her. But she wouldn't pray this prayer until year After year after year of dealing with the same enemy until she finally got it and the light came on, and she gets fuel and she gets focused. Why didn't she pray this prayer four years ago when it happened? Because she was looking at her enemy, but she wasn't eating, she wasn't fuel and she wasn't focused. Y'all are quiet in the church. If you were to look at verse 9, I could even go deep on you. Can I go deep on you for about 10 seconds? So Hannah arose after they finished eating and drinking. You missed it already. Okay, all right. Uh, And my enemies are my fuel, and my enemies are my focus. So while they're sitting there eating, she's looking at Penina like... I got you, Penina. You didn't taunt at me for the last day. She was eating something else. They were eating over here. She was eating something else. She was looking up at banana. and said, you done this to me for the last year. I'm not going through this cycle again. I'm not going through this abuse again. I'm not going through that again. She gets fuel. She gets focused. But look, look, verse 11, then she made a vow and says, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but you will give your maidservant a male child. Watch how specific she gets. Then I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life. No rages shall come upon his head. Watch this, church. She prays a specific prayer. Say a specific prayer. Uh, Out of an enemy and by the, watch this, watch this, watch this. uh, Out of an enemy. Oh, and by the way, Penina's name means jewel which means, watch this, Penina is actually valuable. Hannah's enemy was actually valuable to Hannah. You don't even know where your real value is. You think your value is with your friends. I'm here to tell you, the text says your value is with your enemies. You need to look up sometimes and say, where's my gold at? Where's my silver at? Where's my value at? Anything opposing my forward progress, that is valuable to me. Here it is, here it is. We're almost done. And for those of you taking harvest, they're going to wait until we finish. Watch this, verse 12. Uh, and it happened, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Eli's the man of God. And he's, she's sitting over there praying. And, and, and watch this. And, and while she's praying, while she's praying, Eli's watching her mouth. Touch your neighbor and say, somebody's watching your mouth. The man of God was watching her mouth as a type of God watching her mouth, saying, what you going to say now? What, 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 what are you going to say now? Well, What are you going to utter out of your mouth? Watch the verse. I got to finish. Then, uh, uh, verse 13. Now, Hannah spoke in her heart uh, or her mind, and only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. She didn't pray silently, so don't misinterpret the text. Eli just couldn't hear. So you can't just think it. You've got to say it. You can't just get think victory, you got to declare victory. You can't just think winning, you got to declare winning. You can't just think coming out of your valley, you got to declare coming out of your valley. Verse 14. So Eli said to her, How long are you gonna be drunk, girl? Put your wine away from you. And he doesn't see any bottle, he just says, She must be crazy. See, watch this. When your enemy gives you enough fuel and enough food uh, and enough focus, folks are going to say, you must be crazy. And that's how you know I finally got the fuel I need and I finally got the focus I need. Watch this. If nobody's accusing you of being crazy, you don't have enough fuel and focus yet. They'll say, you just work like you're crazy because I got fuel and I got focus. They'll just say, you serve like you're crazy. I got fuel and I got focus. They'll say, you worship like you're crazy. I got fuel and I got focus. Watch the text. Verse 15, but Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Watch this. A couple of things I want you to get from this. She didn't cope with what didn't work. So what are you saying? She didn't start drinking to get over her enemy. What's drinking? It's a coping mechanism. So watch this. A lot of times when we're provoked by enemies and we're dealing with enemies, we actually start handling that the wrong way. Because what we start doing is oftentimes we'll start coping. Have you ever asked yourself why do you go back to your, to your Rolodex? Some of y'all don't know what a Rolodex is. All of my letters are like, what's your Rolodex, Bishop? Your address book and your phone. Have you ever wondered why you start reviving old names when you get uh, uh, in a situation with an enemy? It's a coping mechanism. Let me run to what's comfortable, although it's not actually producing anything helpful. S- say she was coping. Not. She didn't cope. See, Eli says to her, girl, you've been drinking. She's like, no, I haven't. Like, I have not been doing that. She says, let me tell you what I have been doing now. I poured out my soul to the Lord. But it took her years of being provoked by the same enemy for her to finally get the right fuel and the right focus. She says she poured out her soul to the Lord. What's her soul? Her mind, her thoughts, her will, her emotions. Let me say it to you like this. Her enemy made her give everything to God. In other words, I'm going to tell somebody the enemy you're facing is designed to make you give everything to God. See, the truth is there's some stuff we give him, but there's some stuff we withhold from him. But the right enemy on the right day at the right time will give you enough fuel and give you enough focus to where you say, God, For you I live and for you I die. God, I surrender all. I I give you everything. Well, the real folk had it here? Sometimes it takes an enemy for you to finally give God everything. Verse 16, do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace and the God of Israel, grant you your petition which you have asked of him. Verse 18, and she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and she ate and her face was no longer sad. Check this out. She goes, when she's dealing with an enemy, she goes to the man of God. I need you to check this out. When you're dealing with an enemy, that's the time you need to be consuming as many life-giving messages as possible. You need to have them when you're waking up. You need to have them at lunch. You need to have them playing at your desk. You need to have them when you go to sleep. Because notice the scripture said that when she received this encouragement and direction from the man of God, the Bible says that her face was no longer sad. She stopped being sad when she sat down and got a word. She stopped being sad when she received encouragement and instruction from the man of God. That's why when you're facing enemies, notice one of the first places you don't want to come is the place you need to come the most. Where the real people at? Because the enemy knows that if you get in here and get a word from your Eli, if you get in here and get a word from your man of God, that your face ain't going to be sad no more. Your countenance isn't going to be sad anymore. Touch your neighbor, so you better cheer up. You better cheer up. Why? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 19. Then they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. Knew is the Bible's way of saying they put on the Isaac brothers. They turned on a little Marvin. Married peoples. Married peoples. Third time. Married peoples. And Elkanah turned on that music. And Hannah was like, Hey... Okay, so Hannah Hannah, 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 Hannah. Married people, Hannah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. You, you understand what new means? Watch this. And the Lord remembered her. The the time he knew her, the Lord was like, you ain't got enough fuel and you don't have enough focus. So we have nothing to talk about. Until you understand the necessity of your enemy. And the Lord remembered her. Now, here's what's interesting. She didn't withhold God's worship while she was contending with an enemy. Watch verse 20. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Look at me, church. Uh, Look at me. Look at me. Uh, uh, are Are you looking at me? So it came to pass in the process of time. The Bible isn't clear how long it took. Now, we can ascertain in terms from when he knew her to the borough. We can, we can pretty much figure that out. Got it? But how many years did she deal with the same enemy until she got fueled and until she got focused? Touch your neighbor and say, today's your day. Say, this is your moment. Fuel and focus from your enemy Samuel is never born if Penina was never an enemy to Hannah and if Samuel's never born there's no Saul there's no Saul there's no David there's no David there's no Jesus Y'all not here, church. Y'all not here, church. Which means the enemy you're facing now, you have got to defeat and you've got to get your fuel and you've got to get your focus because it's bigger than you. It's about something coming up after you. Touch your neighbor and say, this is bigger than you. We know that we're here to destroy the works of the enemy, but could it be that you feel stagnant or stuck in areas of your life because you aren't fueled nor focused because you don't know what your specific enemies are? Touch your name and say, what are your specific enemies? So we talk generically, right? We talk generically about, about, about uh, destroying the works of the enemy, his actions, his, his deeds, uh, his desires. But, but, but what are your specific enemies? Generically, it's anything that opposes your progress. But what are your specific enemies? You ready to jump into this? I suggest you come Sunday or Wednesday. I'm not sure when I'm going to teach you, but I'm out of time. So I'll see you Wednesday, or I'll see you Sunday. I'll finish it one of those days. Enemies are your fuel and your. Now you need the next part of this. That's like coming and 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 you know watching part of the movie, and then getting up in the middle of the movie and saying, you know, and, and not watching the rest. You need the rest. Such you need the rest. So I'll finish it Wednesday. I'll finish it Sunday. We'll see but you need to identify your specific enemies because you want to know sometimes why we don't ever conquer them because we don't actually know what specific ones we're dealing with. Can I get any witnesses in here? You ever thought you knew what your enemy was and then you knocked that thing down and then you were like, well, ain't nothing changed. (laughs) So evidently you wasn't the enemy I was supposed to do. You ever thought if you did this one thing, everything was going to change in your life. You did that one thing and nothing changed in your life. Because sometimes you haven't identified your specific enemy. See, Hannah's had a name, so does yours. Hannah's was named Penina. Yours, you'll find out Wednesday or Sunday. Did you learn some today, church? Did you get some today, church? Today, with your heads about, eyes closed, if you're in this worship experience, and you've never give your life to
0: Jesus. Christ, Experiences are what people love the most about travel.